Hello everyone, welcome to Cloisterbell Podcast. Today we are discussing Doctor Who Revolution of the Daleks. The TARDIS Cloisterbell. Imminent disaster. The Cloisterbell? Yes. What's that? Well, it's a sort of communications device reserved for wild catastrophes and sudden calls to man the battle stations. That's the Cloister Bell. Don't worry about that for now. It's not really terribly significant. The Cloister Bell? Oh, no. So, hello again. Uh, I'm Rob, co-host of Cloister Bell, and I'm here with the other co-host, Liam. Hi, Liam. Hi, Rob. Hi, everyone. Hi. How's it going? Uh, not too bad, considering. <laughs> um, there's, uh, there's, a, there's a huge difference from, uh, from last year, isn't there? A huge difference. Yeah. In what? Nothing. It's a it's a it's a it's a lame joke. Um, but uh, actually, there's some good news. Um, we're just quickly going into uh, <laughs> quickly into Doctor Who stuff. Um, there's uh, we've got Blu-ray box sets coming out, which I'm really looking forward yes. to. Yes. Um. So. It's a cool. Uh, it was a cool trailer for that, wasn't it? Oh yeah, yeah. So, first of all, because we knew that this was this was coming out because uh, it was announced last year, we've got the the season eight box set, so John Pertwee's second season, um, and that was supposed to come out this uh, in February, uh, but you know everyone was just going, it's going to be delayed, and lo and behold, it was delayed, um, as as is usually the case. Uh, but it's coming out on the eighth of March, uh, apparently. Eighth so of March. Uh, to International yeah. Women's Day. Is it? All right, okay. Um, yeah. But then there was a, there was a, su- su- uh, a surprise announcement, um, and even though I've always enjoyed this particular season, I was actually surprised at how excited I was about it. Season twenty four, Sylvester McCoy's first season, is going to re- uh, be released on on Blu Ray, uh, which I'm really really looking forward to. Uh, not regard, not highly regarded, not not regard, not seen as one of the best periods of the show one of the best seasons but um one that i just think is immensely enjoyable and it, it i mean it's it, and it's still got a heck of a lot of really good ideas in it and so that's the season with time and the rani paradise towers delta and the bannerman and Dragonfire. with paradise towers and Dragonfire being my ultimate favorites of that season um don't know the release date yet uh but i am looking forward to that an awful lot and as you say that there's a there's an eight minute trailer for it so we've got bonnie langford coming back as, as mel in a sort of yeah um it's like a dragon's den type thing uh the the way that the the trailer's written and then sylvester mccoy comes back um because when they did the the trailer for season 26 um they had sophie aldred appear in that and there was a oh, bit of yes. a tease at the end of going oh sylvester mccoy gonna t-? no 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 but it's just you know a shadow of and that that season twenty six trailer is kind of canon now because it's been adapted by Big Finish, I think the A side of it. Yeah, and I think uh, I, I haven't read it yet, but I know because Sophie Aldred has written a, a Doctor Who novel which came out last year. Um, oh yes, oh, I forgot, I'm sure it's got Childhood in the title. I forgot what it's called now, but I think that's at childhood's of... at childhood's end. Yes, I think that... it's kind of it's the A C E. Yeah, yeah. But also because Arthur C. Clarke had a... Uh, Arthur C. Clarke? That is the science fiction writer, isn't it? I feel like I got that yeah. name wrong. Yeah, because he, he had a book called Childhood's End, so maybe a reference to that as well. 
Um, yeah. And also, so and it's also a Pink Floyd song. Anyway, um, so anyway, going back to the season twenty-four trailer. So at the end, you're just going, "Is this Sylvester McCoy?" And lo and behold, there he is playing the spoons. He's in his uh, in his costume and everything. So that was that was quite a delight to, to see. Um, yeah. Could he be a, a future Doctor, or is he an older version of the Seventh somewhere in his life? Yeah, Pride of the TV movie, or or is it the Curator? Um, could be. Could be. Yeah. Uh, either way, it's just absolutely fantastic. It was nice to see. So, uh, or is it a, a past Doctor, like a really, really old one, pre Ruth? <laughs> oh God, my brain hurts. Yes, probably it could be. He's it's it's a, a pre it's a pre Hartnell Doctor who happens to look like an older version of the Seventh. But yeah, I, I'm really, really looking forward to that. Uh, but at the moment, there's no there's no release date uh, for it. But that was that was a, that be was a be pointless place. anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. Just good. And here's a release date, which it will not be released on. But uh, it's all part of the fun now, I think. Um, it's ju- it's just nice to eventually get them. One thing, um, because a while back my Blu-ray player packed up, so I've been whenever I've been wa- wanting to watch uh, Blu-rays, I've been um, using my PlayStation, and I decided oh, mm-hmm. I-, I need to get a proper uh, Blu-ray player. So I did. And then I decided to get a, a really nice fangled, slightly more expensive than it should be HDMI cable. But I'm so pleased because um, the the image quality is so much better than than what I've been watching. Even with my, oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, even mm. with uh, compared to my previous uh, Blu-ray player, it's just great. So uh, I chucked on Goldfinger, uh, and it was just the image because uh, I've had them on Blu-ray for years but then all of a sudden the, the image quality was so much better and that was really nice and I've um, I've been watching the Three Doctors from the season 10 Blu-ray box set and um, yeah it just I feel like I'm, I'm finally getting the benefits of my Blu-ray uh, after after many many years it's uh, it's it's great to watch so uh, oh, that's good that's a nice uh, well my, my TV is kind of on the way out the the TV is kind of backlit by these LEDs, but it's overly blue, so the whites are blue. It's really annoying. Uh-huh. Um, I've looked into getting. Well, we're we've saved up some money. And we've, we've looked into a four K telly we want, but a better brand than the one we had. Mm-hmm. But it's just so damn hard just to buy it at the moment, like where it's available. Ah, right, okay. This particular month, like, it's like we've got the money, take it, but no. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's funny. Yeah, it's, it's, it's wait till the stores are back open. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, uh, we need life back, but um, yeah, yeah. It's funny because uh, I was telling you just before we were recording, um, I've been wanting to get a new microphone for the podcast just to improve the audio audio quality. And so I was doing my research and finally um, set my eyes on one. I was like, "All oh, right, great, great. That's the that's the one that I want." What do you mean they're all out of stock? Um, Oh no uh, way! Yeah, and that that was everywhere, and then it just so happens that um, just before we started recording this, it popped up basically going, uh, "We still haven't got them, but we know when we will be getting them now." Um, so it's like, right, great, take my money and <laughs> give it to me when you can. So I should be getting that uh, sometime in mid March. Mid March, yeah. Mm. About time for the next podcast. 
<laughs> yes. Um, yeah. So, listeners, um, the thing is, because obviously we enjoy doing this podcast, and we know that we've got incredibly, uh, you know, we've we've got a, a number of very loyal listeners who who still listen and enjoy it, which is fantastic. Uh, and we can only apologise for for the frustration of when we get these out, uh, because the idea is that this is a weekly podcast. That's what we want to do. But unfortunately, um, it's you know life gets in the way, and I mean this podcast was supposed to come out at the you know pretty much near the beginning of the year, um, uh, and it's just been delays just because of you know commitments and, and all the rest of it. But Rob and I have been talking about about it. Uh, we still want to do the podcast, and we've been talking about you know getting the schedule nailed and how we approach doing it. So hopefully things are. You know going to improve i mean it's not impossible because we have in the past uh been you know not long after we started we were quite good with uh, keeping to a weekly schedule it's just mm-hmm. sort of slid quite a bit so i mean we've even joked about it in uh, in previous podcasts it's the it's the weekly podcast that can come out <laughs> we'll get very intimately we, we'll get there if we can uh, get if we can get uh, get it out in two consecutive weeks we can legitimately say we're a weekly podcast <laughs> Yeah, because at the moment then we'll have a bit of a break. Yeah. No, but uh, seriously, I think um, we've talked about the different ways we can kind of get this momentum going, um, make different compromises. Um, not in quality. I think if we take different approaches, shorter edits, um, it'll be anything but detrimental because we'll be getting more content out more frequently. Yes. So we we've been talking about the sort of things that we want to get out and. Um because we want to talk about obviously Doctor Who stories, which will be the main bread and butter of the podcast. But we also, you know, talk about you know, specific topics about about the program and so on, and get a bit of a conversation going that way. So we have got plans, and we're hoping to improve. Uh, and I mean, we've we've got the desire, so there's no reason why we shouldn't be able to. I've even mapped up a new social media timetable, so we're going to get try and reach out to people more. Um, need to make it more personal, so get more. Um, of us on there <laughs> as well <laughs> yeah yeah but uh, the, there are plans afoot Oh, we've just recently reached 6,000 followers wow okay followers or listeners 6,000 6, listeners jeez <laughs> I mean I mean that's uh, I mean that's pretty good I mean that's fantastic uh, in general 6,000 anyway. all time listens <laughs> yeah um, no, I mean, but that that's still that's still pretty darn good. Um, you know, people are still clearly listening, and you know, despite the fact that at the moment we're, we're putting these things out a bit intermittently. Mm. Um, yes, it could have been a lot better if we'd um, put more content out. Mm-hmm. But no, that's uh, that's good going. I think uh, that's something to uh, to celebrate. We'll we'll get a cake. Yes. <laughs> so today, of course, we're talking about Revolution of the Daleks. We did an instant reaction on YouTube. You can check that out uh, on our YouTube channel. Um, it's close to Bell Podcast, the after show. Mm-hmm. And you can see us up on there talking in the video. Um, bit of a chat. And it's kind of a pilot episode because we'll do more of these when Doctor Who's back on the air weekly. So you can check it out there. Um, on the website, closetobellpodcast.com, we'll also have a 13th Doctor word search. <laughs> Next time you have a cup of if you've got a few minutes to spare, mm-hmm. play that. <laughs> you played that, Liam? Uh, I have, and I've also done the Fifth Doctor one. It's because uh, you've you've created uh, two of those. I've 
I've gone onto the system and I uh, I've updated the the sixth Doctor pod, um, the sixth Doctor uh, word search, which we're hoping to uh, to get out soon. So I've updated that. Oh, you added some more words. Yeah, yeah, I've, <laughs> yeah. But I've added quite a few actually now. Um, actually, I, I enjoyed the. F- uh, I've actually enjoyed them. They were, they were a nice bit of fun. Yeah, and also if you re- refresh the browser page, you get a whole new set of words and a new layout. So um, you can just keep on playing it. Yeah, hours and <laughs> hours and hours of fun. No, but seriously, it, it, it was actually quite enjoyable. So I mean, if I enjoy yeah. it, uh, there's no reason why others shouldn't. Um, Revolution of the Daleks is available to pre-order, I noticed, as well. Mm-hmm. But um, it'll just be the standalone box set. Resolution was available on a single box set, and then they included it in the Season 12 box set as well. So I'm glad they didn't buy that. Yeah, imagine if you did. I'm sure you'd be extremely uh, happy. <laughs> so, I, on with the story. Um, as the 13th Doctor marks her days in prison... Back on Earth, the Daleks are presented, presented on national television. They are the new Dalek defence drones designed to protect the British public. Left behind on Earth, Yaz, Graham and Ryan need their friend more than ever. Now with the Daleks on the assembly line and a familiar face behind their production, what would the Doctor do? That's quite a relevant question. Um, she says something quite drastic. <laughs> yeah, she does, yeah. yeah. Yeah, um, cast this week on cast this episode were the Doctor, of course, Jodie Whittaker, Graham O'Brien, Bradley Walsh for the last time, or maybe not, Yasmin Khan, Amanda Gill, Ryan Sinclair, Tosin Cole, returning Captain Jack Harkness, played by John Barrowman, Jack Robertson returned from Arachnids in the UK, played by Chris Noth, um, famous from Sex and the City, and I believe he might be returning for the HBO HBO uh, Max Revival. I'm really looking forward to that. Are you a big Sex and the City fan, Liam? I'm going to surprise you and say no. What? It's one of my <laughs> favourites. Uh, funny enough, uh, someone was talking to me about Sex and the City uh, uh, a couple of days uh, a couple of days ago. And actually, I've never seen it, so I can't really comment on it. But they actually made it sound like it's a worthwhile watch. They said, "Watch the series yeah. if you are going to, but don't bother with the films." Oh yeah. Yeah, well, actually, the the first film. See, I I was so hyped up for the first film, and it was really good. <laughs> All right, okay. But yeah, the second film was like, meh. It was just like a bit of an episode, so it was a bit of a letdown, <laughs> especially thinking it was going to be the final one, but <laughs> it's not. <laughs> <laughs> the Prime Minister Joe Patterson, played by Harriet Walter, and poor old Leo, played by Nathan Stewart Girard. Nicholas Briggs returned as the voice of the Daleks. Dalek operators Barnaby Edwards, Barnaby Edwards and Nicholas Pegg returning, and Grace, played by Sharon D. Clarke, returned. Mm-hmm. That's quite a lineup for this one. Crew info: um, Chibnall wrote this one. Lee Haven Jones directed this one. Previously directed Spyfall Part Two, and the infamous Orphan Fifty Five. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we all remember that one. Um, yeah, all from fifty-five. <laughs> Have you rewatched any of series twelve lately? At uh, all? No, I haven't actually. Have you? Yeah, I have. Yeah. No, haven't had the time. Really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Uh, so there's a interesting um, 
kind of title card at the start of this episode. And uh, it's a bit like Star Wars meets Back to the Future. You know what I mean? It starts off saying, um, a long time ago, far, far away, 2019 in Cheltenham. So it's a bit of a Star Wars slash Back to the Future parody going on because this, when the time comes on screen, the year comes on screen, there's a bit of a um, musical note that's a bit like Back to the Future. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yes, I'm wondering, yeah, yeah. Was, I'm wondering was this necessary because I don't think Doctor Who needs to be a parody or a genre show to kind of got this legitimate claim to be its own thing. Um, so. I don't really, I don't really appreciate little moments like that. But I mean, they're cool. I don't really care. <laughs> but since, since we're analysing the show, yeah, I don't know. What I mean, I think what you mean is that you know, it's it's fine that it's it's sort of okay that it's there, but it it could have done without it, perhaps. Um, is that right? Is that what you mean? Yeah, yeah. Doctor Who itself um, is referencing other things. Doctor Who doesn't need to reference other things of the same genre. No, no, but I mean, mm. I mean, it has done. I mean, I've forgotten the title of it now, but the, one of the Peter Capaldi, I think it was called, I was going to say Last Christmas, but that's a Wham song. Um, the, the uh, one of Peter Capaldi's uh, Christmas specials, you know, that referenced Alien. Um, oh, yes, and we've had um, Spyfall. Yeah, and then we've got, you know, uh, Shakespeare Code uh, reference. The, doc- the Doctor, the, the Widow in the Wardrobe. God, it happens all the time. Yeah, it happens... <laughs> Exactly. What the hell are you talking about, Rob? Um, I mean, even William Harper so described the Doctor as okay. It was a very, it was a very and... fitting opening for a story. Let's move on. Um, <laughs> no, no, but despite so... <laughs> all that, though, I know what you mean. It was because um, uh, obviously it was because really this is a direct continuation from uh, from Resolution, <laughs> and there's been a bit of a gap between when that was broadcast and this. So it was it was a recap, um, but. I don't know. It's sort of maybe they felt it was necessary to do rather than going straight into the pl- plot. But I know what you mean. It, it felt it was okay, but it felt maybe a little bit unnecessary. So I can see where you're coming from. The extended fam finally returned, but yes, in a recap, and the fate of the Dalek was explained because the the remnants were taken away. So the dogs taken away by is it Joe Patterson? Did we say her name was? Uh, who plays Harriet Walter? Yes. Um, yeah, because uh, she's the Prime Minister. No, 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 she? no. Harriet Walter plays Joe Patterson. <laughs> <laughs> yes, <Yeah>, she does. <laughs> Got the two mixed up. Yes, you're right. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> it's easy to get them mixed up. They look the same. <laughs> yeah, they do. It's very easy to get mixed up. It's all that. She gets this driver to take the Dalek away. There's a bit of dialogue about the driver's mother, but that's never really resolved. <laughs> I hope your mother's okay. Anyway. <laughs> I think what what we have here, because what ends up happening is that so the, the Dalek has been taken away. Uh, and we have this this driver who's... Because the Dalek is stored in the back of this secure van, basically. Or truck. Um, and he's, he's driving... Oh, I've just got a theory, but go on. Yeah. Oh, no, go on. What's your theory? No, 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 go on, keep talking. Right, okay, so, um, so he, he's, he's driving along to take it to somewhere, and then he stops off by the side of a road where there's a, uh, a burger van, or, orders a, a, a cup of tea or whatever, uh, which turns out to be drugged. 
Uh, yeah, the evil tea lady. The, mm. the evil tea lady. Can't trust anyone anymore. And it's... So I think that that thing of going, it's a shame about your mother. I hope she's okay. Is the typical thing of going, oh, he's got a mother. And, you know, it's sort of quite a, a very <laughs> obvious way of trying to establish that this is a decent sort. And so that the fact that he's drugged and killed, which is supposed to feel for him, even though he's it only in the episode for two minutes yeah. and no one, you know, we don't give a toss. Uh, but uh, isn't it said... That's probably the case. Yeah. But isn't it said... Because you kind of knew that as soon as he was introduced and those lines were uttered that, oh, he's going to die. Um, and then lo and behold, he, he does. Now, isn't it said that the route he takes is unusual? He's not go- he's not going to his usual route to wherever the Dalek is supposed to- he's supposed to take the Dalek. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> did they have evil tea ladies? All yes, ac- they're everywhere. Everywhere. <laughs> I was just going, all right, I- I'm I'm the evil tea lady who's got him, uh, and then got- <laughs> just got on him. I've been freaking working my ass off, and he didn't even come this way. What a waste of a day! Yeah. But it- anyway, yeah, just. I presume they're everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah they're everywhere. Um, what was your also theory? Also, my little, my, my theory was, um, Joe is um, he knows his mother's gonna die, so there's gonna be no one to miss him. Oh yes, actually, I... <laughs> hope your mother's gonna be okay and all this, and yeah. <laughs> yeah, just. Well, oh, it could be even more crueler than that because it's only the two of them. Now, she's going to die because the sun isn't around, but there's no one else. So that cuts that off. It doesn't really... Oh, Hmm. that's really chilling. You might be right. Oh, God. Oh, that's depressing. Carry on. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So Jack Robertson returns from Arachnids in the UK, and he's meeting up with Joe. Mm -hmm. He shows a a demonstration of these new drones. Um, So... I like this fresh-looking version of the resolution Dalek that we had. Yeah. And I had a lot of assumptions about this episode from the trailer because we did see these new black Daleks. Uh, they were very reminiscent of... Well, they were pretty much identical to the resolution Dalek, which was essentially a scrapyard Dalek made of parts. Mm-hmm. Um, so would be right to assume that this Dalek was going to be built from that in some way well what they've done is because i know that there was there was some before the the episode was actually shown but people had seen the trailer i think some people were quite unhappy that that style of dalek which made sense in that story because the dalek had to assemble something from scrap as you say had suddenly become the standard but given how these daleks are created it makes sense that actually what we get here is a sleeker version Mm. Remember the Paradigm dudes, though? They didn't last long. No, they didn't. And I think I think that was actually a mistake. I know, I think it, that should have been something that, you know, stick to your convictions. You had an idea. But um, because there was a lot of sort of fan disgruntlement about it, I think that's what made uh, we won't bother. But then what that means is that victory of the Daleks just becomes this blind dead end and doesn't really serve any purpose. But anyway... Yeah, so while they did look cool, the defence drones, because they were testing them on this mob, um, the weapons were a bit lame. Water cannons and sirens. Yeah, but the idea is... <laughs> I think if 
the idea is that if you've got these drones which are supposed to i mean this is questionable in of itself because i think if if i mean it's it's realistic you know you can see it sort of happening but if we had you know a, a prime minister who said um you know security is all important we're all about security and in order to make everyone feel secure we're going to have um army officers on every corner of every street and just going freaking hell it's a bit you know that's a bit much yeah. you know and basically that's the idea behind it so but i think if you said and these so the drones are the replacement of that uh and, and they're not even armed yeah yeah, no, but it's, it's like water, water, cannons. water cannons, and you know, it's it's to be a you know a deterrent, and I think people would be a bit more uh, just going. What do you mean it's got a laser gun? Oh, when they inspect the Daleks, we see in a very ominous door, an empty space inside. So we're, we're all thinking mm, something's going to go in there later. <laughs> so, mm, yeah, it's just a. <laughs> mm, there's a convenient empty space where a mutant would usually be. Mm, <laughs> rubbing chin. <laughs> yeah. Um so it's now revealed that these drones were built by um well they run completely on AI and they were built by Leo, this new kind of kid Davros on the block. You know, he built them. <laughs> his it's his creation. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> Never thought of it like that. Kid kid Davros on the block. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. So then we move on, the doctor's been locked up for an unspecified number of years, or decades rather. Mm-hmm. Um, there's lots of tally marks in the wall, and I like how they're actually tallies of ten. It's. Do you think it's more of a time lord thing? There's a time lords have got a very binary thing with the double hearts. Maybe it's like twice as many tally marks. <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking. I wonder if anyone would be willing to sort of just count them all to work yeah. out actually how long the doctor has been in there i wonder or is that how many times she's seen the silence and keeps forgetting <laughs> yeah it could be that i yeah, mean one of the things that I did, I did like about the the prison scene is that because we see you know when she's allowed to walk through some of the corridors as a means of exercise i liked how they looked i liked the design of all that and uh the nice little nods to because we had we had a weeping angel in there uh you know, we had a silence in there, and we had a um. Uh, what's that little thing? It eats everything. Oh, the pating. Pating, that's it. <laughs> yes, and we saw yeah. pating. Um, and we so had like... um, we had a ood and a sycorax. Mm-hmm. Um, in the in the distance, we had a cybus style cyberman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I liked all that. I thought I thought that was uh, that was quite well handled. And especially because the way that resolution had no, not resolution, um, the uh, the timeless child, yeah, the timeless child had end had ended. Um, it was suddenly a surprise and a jolt that the doctor had um, been kidnapped by the Jadoon uh, and imprisoned. So mm-hmm. you know, it's just like right, okay. Um, and it's it's an interesting. We, we, start. we didn't we, see the Jadoon this week in this no, episode. No, no, we didn't. Um, and so it was a surprise, and it was just, and it's quite a good start to the story of because we've got, um, you know, the, the companions separated from the Doctor, but we know that, you know, I mean, we know that the Doctor is going to escape. It was just a case of well, how and when, um, and obviously this is when Captain Jack Harkness uh, pops up, uh, played by John Barrowman, as we said, and you know, 
actually it's uh, that's enough you know it's a delight it's funny because when captain jack harkness was first introduced all those years ago i did find his character incredibly irritating uh, but i think it was in the minority because a lot of people you know liked his character and he was extremely popular obviously since then i've since my initial uh, reaction i've changed my mind i do like the character and i do like john barrowman's performance and it was just uh, you know fantastic to to have him back um if i do have a criticism of this i think um i just feel that the doctor's escape from prison just feels a little bit too easy and happens maybe a little bit too soon because they didn't feel i didn't feel that there was any um real tension or drama with the situation which i think could no he might he might as well just picked her up from anywhere yeah. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so as i said i mean i, I liked uh, all those nice touches with the you know the previous uh, monsters that we saw and i liked the the look and the style of it mm-hmm. um and and those few moments but i just feel that maybe if i think that the, the story could have got a bit more tension out of that scenario <laughs> And I think Perhaps, also, yeah. I think also, it would have also had a, a, a further benefit when we look at Graham Ryan and Yasmin, because Graham and Ryan clearly miss the Doctor. Um, from from their perspective, they haven't seen the Doctor for ten months, so almost an entire year. Um, but it's interesting that they're able to sort of get on with their lives. Yasmin's really struggling, and because she's the one in the. Uh, not the Doctor's TARDIS, but the the TARDIS that was from Gallifrey disguised disguised as a uh, as a house. Yeah. Um, so she's been really staying there, trying to work out, trying <coughs> to figure out a means to operate the TARDIS to go looking for the Doctor. <coughs> and um, yeah. she she hasn't taken uh, her uh, her departure particularly well. And so I think I think all, all three of them have got different different kind of feelings towards this, haven't they? Yes, yeah, they have, and it's really interesting. But I think um, we'll, we'll get onto it much later on because I don't want to, I don't want to uh, jump the gun, as it were. But um, I think that aspect and uh, of how they're dealing with it could have been and should have been built on, focused on a bit more. Um, but it's sort of it's really sort of just sort of put out there uh, and then it's like right that's a thing and the doctor's back and let's crack on with the story and I just feel that th- I just feel a bit I think a little bit more of a leisurely approach to that aspect of the story I think would have benefited the drama the tension and also the character development um, maybe yeah I didn't have too many problems with it um, I like how we got to see where Yasmin's got to at this point mm-hmm. in the TARDIS. And then she's kind of teamed up with Jack. So she gets this this perspective mm-hmm. from Jack um, because he's been through all this. Yeah. Um, so I thought it worked kind of all right. Uh, it's interesting. Um, we, we look at Jack and we think he looks just the same as he was when he was last in. But it's, it's been so long. Uh, this is his first appearance in Doctor Who. Since his brief cameo in End of Time Part Two, um, his last full episode in Doctor Who would have been Journey's End. Yeah, um, of course he's been in Torchwood since. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, since he's been in Doctor Who, we've had three Doctors since then. Yeah, that's, it, to put it into into perspective. Yeah, that, it's 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 a long time, isn't it? It's um... yeah. I think when when Moffat left. I thought perhaps that was the uh, that was the last chance to p- potentially bring Jack back mm-hmm. because he was 
in a sense, he was his character from The Empty Child. And I thought, oh, there's some loose ends there. He might bring it all full circle, give the character some closure, give us some insight into um, why he was on the run, had his memory wiped in the first place, um, and then kind of put the character at rest. Um, I didn't think it would the character would live on um, in main Doctor Who for this long. Yeah, I, I agree with that. So when, um, so it was a pleasant surprise when he when you know the fact that he has come back and because uh, it felt like, yeah, I totally agree with that. It felt like it was it was an element of the the Eccleston and Tennant era, that, and that was it. I mean, I mean that's an awful long time ago. Um, it's funny because how how long's it how, how long's it been? It's been fifteen, since sixteen years. No, no, I mean since the show came <clears throat> back. All right, two thousand and five. So, yeah, sixteen years. I think it was March. I mean, someone will be screaming saying I'm wrong, but um, I have a feeling that was it. Was it? Um, yeah, it would have been March, April. He would have first yeah, March, appeared in two thousand and five. Yeah, yeah. Um, something like that. So it's, uh, I mean, so Doctor Who's been back for sixty, you know, sixteen years. And to put that in, mm. you know, in perspective in relation to the classic series, by that time we've had. William Hartnell, Patrick Trout, and John Pertwee, and we're well into Tom Baker's uh, time as the Doctor. Yeah, and it's sort of it's sort of weird because obviously when we when we got into Doctor Who, uh, you know, it it was in the nineties. The show wasn't made, but we knew things like the Five Doctors, which was the twentieth anniversary of the show. Um, but we were watching it out of context of that and just enjoy it for the uh, adventure. But you know, like twenty years of televisions, uh, a big, you know, twenty years. It's a big thing to celebrate, and sort of. You know, I've had fifteen years of, yeah. God, the new series is going to soon, outlive the old. Yeah, it's so bizarre. <laughs> it is, isn't it? Um, yeah. But six, uh, sixteen years. Yeah. But so yes, um, so it's been quite a while, and yeah, I totally agree. I think uh, Captain Jack Harkness was one of those things, um, one of those characters uh, would never come back. But lo and behold, he is. Um, and one of the thing, one of the things is quite nice about it is that it's worked. Yeah, he's a character I wanted to come back. Um, whether or not they resolve all of it, all of the side stuff, the Torchwood stuff, I don't really care so much. Um, mm. yeah I think it worked, worked really good yeah I, I suspect they wouldn't I mean maybe with something like Big Finish but I think in terms of the television show I think probably not uh, because I think that would pro- that would bog things down in too much continuity I think it's just a case mm. of you know bring back this character and just have a have a, have a good adventure with him yeah because I wonder how this works in relation to the Big Finish continuity because we assume this Jack comes from present day Mm-hmm. Yet he spent 19 years trying to get to the cell next to the Doctor. And then by the end of this story, he returns to the present day as if this version of Jack's, this version of Jack belongs there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wonder how this works in relation to the Big Finish stuff, because that's... Big Finish has done um, uh, an entire fifth, fifth and sixth series of Torchwood like um, Aliens Among Us Gods Among Us mm-hmm. and so there's definitely there's a more present day side of that I don't know uh, maybe Big Finish will have a workaround to say why Jack left 
and came back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm sure they'll have stories in mind. So, Leo, the guy, um, the new kid Davros on the block, he confesses to Robertson about the organic um, remnants that he found, and he shows him this clone tank. Mm. So he's being a naughty boy here. So he really is like a bit of a Davros. Um, to his surprise, like Robertson's furious about this. He's like, oh, get, get rid of it. I mean, Robertson's probably thinking about the backlash and liability and all this, defying the Geneva Convention and all this. He just thinks he's a... He's a He's more of a businessman than um, than a good person. <laughs> no, no, that's true. But I mean, but I mean, it's the right reaction to have. I mean, you just said, "What the hell?" Uh, look, it's just, we don't need it. Get rid of it. <laughs> yes. Um, so he tries to put it in the furnace, and as we probably all expected, it attached to him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what well, I was just wondering. I mean, obviously, it, it couldn't do this because it would have just went, and that's the end of the story. Why didn't he just chuck the whole container into the furnace? I know, yeah. But maybe he wanted to keep the container. Oh, yeah, maybe. Oh, I hadn't thought of that. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there you go. All oh, right, okay, so simple yeah. as that. All right, okay. Easy as that. The Doctor and Jack return to the TARDIS, which has been empty for a while because it's almost in um, kind of a sleep mode. <laughs> <laughs> the lights are off. Um, apparently, Jack never had a room. But he says he has a suite with a cocktail lounge. <laughs> yeah, that's nice. That's yeah, good. <laughs> he asks um, the Doctor about the lone Cybermen, so there's a bit of continuity there from the Series 12 finale. Mm-hmm. So we see the fam working really good together. They sat around a table, figuring things out because of this revelation that the Daleks are back in some capacity. And then the TARDIS arrives. Um... And Yaz gives the Doctor quite a shock, quite a push when she realises um, she's come ten months late. Yeah. And like we're saying, it's had a big big impact on each of them in different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, Yasmin in a big way, but Ryan, he, he seems very different, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, he does, yeah. Um, he spent a lot of time at home, and there's, there's something... There's something very different about him, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, which will obviously pick up, which picks, uh, which gets picked yeah. up towards the end of the episode. Yeah. Um, Jack mentions his death, and he mentions Rose. Um, and he explains his immortality, seemingly explaining this for an upco- upcoming death. But with, that doesn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> no. I suppose. Um, they can't just keep killing him because he can't die. Take the don't go killing all the other characters. Yeah, not forgetting he becomes yeah. the face of Bo. He does. Oh, does he? Oh, do, yeah. Oh, does. <laughs> Leo arrives at the clone plant. Um, Dalek Leo. When the Dalek's been scheming the whole time, and it's quite impressive. He's done this all remotely from his little tank. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. The TARDIS materializes in front of Robertson. And he's never even heard of the Daleks, but he shows them the the drone production line, um, these 3D printed Daleks. And he insists that he doesn't know about this other facility, um, which Jack and Yaz have went to. Um, and so I think we as viewers believe this at the moment. Um, well, in fact, we know because um, we saw what happened with Joe and the Dalek earlier on. So, um, so yeah, Robert, Robertson's a bit clueless here. Yeah, because um, um, he can only know so much. I mean, because obviously he's a, he's a businessman, but he owns a huge 
business all around the world. You can't you can't know everything, and especially if you've got a Dalek working behind the scenes. But yeah, um, so the the Dalek has um, uh, taken over this uh, facility as a means to clone a heck of a lot of Daleks. Um, but it's it's the creature. Um, these scenes were quite well lit. I mean, there was a, there was a nice uh, continuity reference because obviously the whole thing is a bit of a harking back to Genesis of the Daleks, uh, and they also use the sound effects. Um, do they? You, yeah, yeah. What, I, what's I, the sound effect? Well, do you remember in Genesis of the Daleks when uh, the Doctor goes into the incubation to to wire it up uh, mm. with all the explosives, and you can hear the the, the there's a, there's a sound effect of sort of like uh, the, the Carlid mutants sort of like bubbling and hissing in the background. There's a certain yeah. certain sound effect. They actually use it uh, uh, d- during these moments in the in the episode, which I thought was a nice touch. Um, That's a good touch, yeah. And like you said, the light that's a reference to uh, resolution because they use the on the remains of this reconnaissance Dalek, which was chopped up into three pieces. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't have the ultraviolet light on it, which kind of um, brought it back to life, and it teleported. Yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then you got the green, you know, the green colours as well, which reference back is to Genesis of the Daleks. So there's, you know, there's a few nice subtle nods to previous uh, Dalek stories, mm. um, which I thought was a nice touch for the fans, you know, because it's it it was it was nicely done. It wasn't there to sort of like bludgeon you up on the head with. They're going, look, continuity references. It was just mm. nicely done, and if you got the reference, that's nice. But if if you don't, it doesn't detract from from the scene. So yeah. it, was, uh, it was well done. So this is all part of a good sequence where we have Jack and Yasmin having a bit of a chat outside. Um, Jack really emphasises with Yasmin about what she's gone through, mm-hmm. and he's very blunt. He tells her, oh, "Of course, the Doctor will leave one day, but you know." how many people get to travel with a doctor and live this life you know appreciate it um while it lasts yeah uh, the the squareness gun returns sorry what the squareness gun oh yes yeah 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 yeah, from the empty child doctor dances yeah uh which again was it was a nice touch that actually has he had it all this time these thousands of years that he'd been alive why didn't he use that to get to the doctor's cell then? Uh, probably the security measures. It wouldn't have worked anyway. Maybe the the whole that whole moment. Uh, th- this is the the bit of the, the episode which for me is the is my favorite. I like that whole that whole conversation between Yasmin and Captain Jack, and you know how how they seem to bond and get on in the conversation that they're having. But there's also some nice lightness of touch, you know, with Yasmin saying. Um, you seem to you seem to need an awful lot of praise. Um, I just loved that whole scene, and for me, it's uh, that's the highlight, and that's the thing that really sort of stuck in my mind. I just thought it was a uh, it was nicely written and um, and nicely performed. I wonder. No one's ever really confronted him in that way because, yes, is his whole persona um, out of insecurity? Mm-hmm. Perhaps <laughs> he does like praise. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he does. So Jack's planting these bombs around the facility and Yaz um, gets jumped by a Dalek um, and so does Jack actually but surprisingly they survive. I thought um, it might have ended a bit badly. 
Yeah, I had a sense of that, and I think um, because I think we knew that um, yeah, some of the companions were going to leave, if not all of them. And I think it was the same, but you know, uh, Bradley, Walsh, and Toss and Co were going to leave because I think it had been uh, it had been reported that they had signed up to another television series uh, separately. Mm. Um, I think it was also assumed that Yaz was staying because Mandip Gill had posted stuff, um, possibly on Instagram, um, implying that she was still around. I wasn't aware of that, but I think um, there was that possibility that. Or I certainly thought that there was a possibility that maybe Yasmin um, would have been taken over, maybe not, maybe not for the the rest of the duration of the episode, and maybe she would have come through at the end. But I honestly thought that was a possibility. But uh, so I was, I was surprised when that didn't happen. Actually, uh, mm. pleasantly surprised. With, with Jack, Jack around, just fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was uh, that was good. Yasmin um, is investigating in this facility, and she she sees all this fluid that's been fed into the. Daleks, mm-hmm. um, and we later find out that it's um, it's all the people <laughs> that built yeah. the place. This reminded me of Revelation a little bit. Another Dalek connection with mm. but, but Davros, the great healer, was um, yeah, it uh, reco- it, it, was, it, was it, sell- it, selling people as protein. <laughs> yeah, no, it reminded me that as uh, reminded me of that as well, and uh, it, it was no less queasy. That did make me go. Oh, I suddenly lost my appetite. That's gross. Um, yeah, it made me think of that as well. And the Prime Minister has given a speech about defence and security, and um, she reveals the Dalek drones. Um, and I was wondering at the time what the real-world response to this would be. Um, but like we were saying earlier, there wasn't any real weapons on it. It wasn't like they were putting guns on the street. They were just putting some water cannons out there. I guess the question the question would be how much has this cost? <laughs> yeah, no, but I mean, uh, my reaction, say for example, outside the confines of the show, if if something like this happened, I, I I wouldn't care if it was water cannons or not. I still wouldn't be very keen on the idea because it's just uh, just constant government interference, and it's just that it, yeah. I would just feel <clears throat> it as a power grab. It's like everywhere you go, you've got these security things everywhere because it's. They're everywhere because, as we see in the in the episode, they're on they're on they're in the streets. They're on street corners. Um, they're at uh, tourist attractions. They're at they're at airports. Um, so I wouldn't be keen on it. No, and there must be a lot of people freaking out. Obviously, the world doesn't know of Daleks anymore. Mm. Um, for anyone who's seen the show in the past, the world's been invaded now and again, and. For one reason or another, no one knows about aliens anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, potentially from the crack in time, whatever. Um, when we first met Yasmin, Rain- Yasmin, Graham and Ryan in the first episode, it was made clear that they did not know the about the existence of aliens. You know, they, they don't get aliens in Sheffield. That was the thing. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wonder if past companions would know like well let's take Gwen for example who's referenced in this story would she be seeing the Daleks remembering them even though to the rest of the world that never happened to Jack that obviously happened Mm -hmm. not possibly yeah 
Who knows? Ache. Who knows? <laughs> is Joe gonna? Is Joe Grant gonna be walking out of a house? And this week there's Daleks everywhere. <laughs> yeah, she's gone. Oh, for freak's sake! What the hell? Yeah, probably. Ryan and the Doctor have a bit of a chat on board the TARDIS when they're in flight. Um, quite a long flight just halfway around the world. Um, it, it, she apologises for not returning. Mm-hmm. Um, and he reveals that he's seen his dad, who's back on the oil rigs, and they've got a good relationship now. And so Ryan asks about Gallifrey. So the Doctor kind of fills him in. And she explains about like her uncertainty about the past, about who she is. Mm-hmm. Um, but Ryan does kind of pick her up, and just like Ruth did in The Matrix, kind of reminds her that just being the Doctor kind of defines her enough, you know? She's the mm-hmm. same Doctor still. Yeah. Um, so that was a cool bit of bit of help from Ryan. Yeah, that was a, that was a good scene, and they both performed that really well. It was good. So they arrive at the cloning facility and they're confronted by Leo. A small fact we'll learn that Dalek consciousness can live within a fragment of DNA. Um, quite a quite a decent amount of consciousness in that DNA there. Uh, we know that in a real world perspective, um, we do have genetic memory. Um, not of... Um, our memories and speech but um all our instincts and like oh like if you put a put a cucumber behind a cat and it freaks out you know oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. genetic memory <laughs> god what did cucumbers used to do yeah what happened back then <laughs> they've remembered through the generations <laughs> yeah don't trust cucumbers now that the dogs are waking up and they kind of teleport out, these new Daleks become active because they're no longer powered by AI, but the Dalek creatures inside them. And they are fully weaponized, it seems. And a lot of the public become killed. Um, so now the public is aware of the Daleks, which undoes all the past retcons <laughs> that I mentioned. I wonder if public knowledge will be wiped of them yet again one day. <laughs> Just a cycle. Bring them back. Retcon them. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I can see why the show does it. Because if you're going to constantly have Dalek Invasion of the Earth stories, um, you'd have to constantly sort of like... But it only benefits the next reveal. But the next reveal <laughs> is not acknowledged in the next reveal after that. And it, <laughs> it, leaves us, it leaves us saying, why the hell does no one remember? Yeah, but then it's but more then, bother than it's worth. But then it would be the other. The, but then there would be another problem. Say that they do remember them. It's just like, well, why don't they defeat them in the same way that they defeated them in the previous story? Have they not? Have they forgotten how they defeated them? Back in the TARDIS, we're coming to the final act of the story now, and the Doctor is thinking the nuclear option, as she calls it. Um, mm. Going by the trailer, I kind of guessed what she meant by that because in the trailer, it's revealed that. Was it in the trailer? I'm not thinking of the leaked set photos, but we we knew that the gold 2005 Daleks were returning. So yeah, at some no, point we're going to uh, have. They weren't in the trailer. Their return was supposed to be a surprise, but a Mr. John Barrowman blew that surprise. Oh yes, oh yes, he posed for lots of photos, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was it was through excitement and it was nice and everything, but uh, yeah, he he blew that surprise through his excitement of going, mm. look, uh, it's just oh you prat. 
but you know, it was coming from a good place, so it's fine. Um, but yeah, I think because so because that surprise was thrown out the window. Thanks, John. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, when when the doctor mentioned the the nuclear option, yeah, I agree with you. It was just sort of like, oh, here they come. You know, it was a good narrative point, and it was uh, it was still interesting because you're bringing more Daleks in to defeat the current Dalek problem that you have, but that means that you've now got another Dalek problem to deal with. Yeah, it's like, it's a solution, but did, did she even know what phase two of her plan was at this stage, I wonder? Mm. Um, so the the Prime Minister's killed, I forgot to mention. Good. Uh, she, she refuses to surrender. Is that a sign of strength or No, I mean fair enough. Yeah, surrender. That's good. That's the only good thing about her character. Everything else yeah, she did. She was good in the end. She was good at the yeah, she can... gets our vote. <laughs> Just a pity she's dead. That's what Prime Ministers need to do. Die. <laughs> <laughs> oh They'll get our appreciation. <laughs> um Anyway, moving on from that problematic uh <laughs> But Jeez. people appreciate Boris Johnson more if he were to be killed. Answers on a postcard. I wasn't naming anyone. Come on. <laughs> we all knew who you meant. <laughs> well, anyway, let's let's move on. Quick, quick. Yeah. So she mentions the nuclear option. Um, and Jack clearly knows what she means. So she, lose, she lures out the real Daleks. And she seems confident the plan, plan will work. Um, but then, of course, they're left with more Daleks. So we get this cool sequence of sending the signal through the through the vo- through into the void or whatever wherever it was, and these new um, Daleks arrive um, and they have a face off on the bridge in these... Bristol. In Bristol, yeah. Uh, um, which is a cool sequence, but it, it's a bit like Daleks meets the Cybermen. You, one of them yes. is totally inferior here. You know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um. I mean, yeah. That, funny enough, that was the comparison I made. I didn't, I didn't think of it as like how it is, how it's handled in *Remembrance of the Daleks*, for example, with the two different Dalek no. factions. Yeah, I, I thought it. I thought the comparison was much more. Um, what's it called? Do, is it Doomsday? Or have I got uh, the, Army of Ghosts. Army Doomsday. of Ghosts. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Army of Ghosts. Doomsday. Yeah, I thought it was more akin to to that. Mm-hmm. Which is a shame because we've got these new new Daleks are established, mm-hmm. and just like victory the Daleks all over again. Mm. <laughs> um, so the Daleks are confronted on the bridge, destroyed. The TARDIS is on top of the bridge, and Robertson overlooks this, and he goes off to meet with them, and he offers their help. Mm-hmm. So he's he's found this opportunity, and he's straight away he's going for it. Mm-hmm. So the Doctor plans phase two and sends Jack up to the Dalek ship. Um, Ryan and Graham go along um, it's a bit of a worry that but you know they get into danger all the time mm. the doctor's happy for them to go you know I'm not going to stop them um, and I thought oh, this is where Jack's going to get killed at some point and perhaps they will as well yeah yeah <laughs> Neither, none of that happened um, so the team split up to plant the bombs um, and to Jack's surprise he finds Robertson um, talking with the Daleks mm-hmm. Uh, he reveals to them that the Doctor is scheming to defeat them. So it's a bit of a double-crosser here. Um, 
he thinks the Dalek he can benefit from the Daleks here and he won't he won't ultimately. But mm-hmm. um so this final new Dalek arrives on the ship. One of these black Daleks. Um there's only one left. Now it's on the saucer. Um it's this it's kind of this last remnant of the Reconin Reconin I can't even say it. This last remnant of the Reconnaissance Dalek from Resolution. Yeah. Um, and it tries to justify its existence to them. Mm-hmm. But the Daleks' hatred of impurity compels yeah. them to destroy it. They're like, nice try! Uh, yeah. <laughs> and and that's an end to the new Dalek narrative. Mm-hmm. Which kind of seems to lack much substance or, or point, really. Like, it would have been interesting... If, if it had given some intriguing bit of reconnaissance before it died, like it had a purpose, mm. like this was a stepping stone to another Dalek story one day, um, it would have all given a, a greater purpose, but apparently not though. All this episode build up, no, new ones came, all dogs came along, killed the new ones, every mm. trace of them, and that's the end of that. Do you yes. th- is that do you, do you kind of emphasize? Um, I get, empathize. Empathize. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, yes, I do. Um, because uh, I felt when I, when I watched this episode, I felt sort of just sort of empty inside and dead. No, um, I just felt. <laughs> <laughs> I just felt. I'm sorry. Um, uh, it just amused me. Um, I just I felt largely indifferent about it because it just seemed to be a series of events that took place with no sort of repercussion. And I think that goes back to yeah. my my earlier comment I was saying before. Um, the basic idea of the story is fine, but the overall execution it lacks. It lacks drama and it lacks character. Mm-hmm. So all what it is, it's just a series of events. They come, they go, and then... Eh. Yeah. I mean, visually it's all good. Mm-hmm. Mildly entertaining. The only significant part of the story that's going to have a knock-on effect is the characterization, which is few and far between. Yep. Hmm. Yeah, so it is a bit lacking. Yeah, and I'll come on to this because we're approaching it, but going into the characterization and certain things, and I think this can be said of the current era of Doctor Who in general, I think attempts of characterization are very lazy. And we get a very good example of that coming up, but I'll, I'll get on to that in a bit. There's this great scene with the Doctor's TARDIS kind of sitting up in the sky, and mm-hmm. she lures the Daleks in. Um, and also Jack's team leave the source as it detonates and then it's revealed that the Daleks are actually inside the second TARDIS um, which the Doctor sends to the void to be kind of destroyed yeah and it just um, sort of like crunches up yeah yeah, and the Daleks threat is dealt with quite, quite easily I mean there was a bit of a sacrifice there she sacrificed the TARDIS but I never really had much thought invested in that TARDIS because not much ever comes of secondary TARDISes. I mean, last season 12, um, 
the Doctor had the Master's TARDIS and just kind of discarded it at some point. You know, um, there's no real, there's no real purpose in the show for most TARDISes. <laughs> Nothing ever comes of them. No, no. Um, so yeah, it, it was a it was a plot device that got used. Hmm. Um, yeah. So <laughs> I think R- resolution. The, the first New Year's Day special had a most, much more impactful ending than this. Yeah. So, it, mildly entertaining, falls a bit flat. Robertson's branded a hero on the TV. Um, mm-hmm. It was previously hinted in Arachnids in the UK that he may run for president. Um, and it's implied here again. So, this story could be a stepping stone for another appearance. I think so. It's interesting because I think when Robertson was first introduced in Arachnids in the UK, I think it was perfectly clear what they were saying about that character. That here's this businessman who wants to become president and is wholly inappropriate to be president. Hmm. I wonder who they have in mind. It wasn't very simple. um, But uh, I think... they, They even joked that he hates Trump. Yeah. So, but I mean, it was all there. It was clear the sort of an analogy that they were that they were making. Um, it'll be interesting to see whether they decided to continue that uh, because obviously we've got. Uh, obviously, Doctor Who has its own. It's 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 going to be in the real world, but it's not. So, in relation to this, it's it's you know. Uh, it mentioned Trump, but I don't think. I don't know whether the current show would mention I think it, Biden or Harris. If they're going to do a um, like social commentary on stuff, hmm. there's probably more relevant things to talk about. Yeah. By the time, that, um, by the time the chance comes along next. Yeah, um, but funny enough, I mean, it will be interesting to see whether the character comes back again because then you've got a sort mm. of this loose link trilogy. Um, mm. Because I suspect if he does come back for a, for a third time. The prob- that'll probably be the end and it'd be interesting to see what they do with that character because he was introduced in Arachnids in the UK um, in a sort of, I suppose it's sort of like in a, in a in a modern retelling of the Green Death and Planet of the Spiders incorporated into <laughs> incorporated into one story uh, yeah. and then he's he's brought in with this story and then you know he's seen as yeah it'd be interesting to see if they bring him back and um if it's like a, it's like the Robertson trilogy. Yeah, the which I, I, I quite like the idea of that. If I'm honest, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's almost guaranteed a big finish spin-off if you're in for that many stories. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very likely. Yeah. Um, Jack leaves quite abruptly. We last saw him arrive on the TARDIS after he left the saucer. We don't actually see him again anymore. He's on the phone to the Doctor. Mm-hmm. Um, so if that's his last ever TV appearance that would be a bit of a shame yeah mm-hmm. um, which I know it might not be but it might very well be I mean is it going to be another 10 years before we get to the opportunity to come back who knows um, but there is a reference to Gwen yeah, he calls the doctor he says sorry I lost track of time Gwen sends a love um, there's a funny line about um, how Do- Gwen took out a Dalek with a moped 
in their son's boxing gloves. Oh, yes, um, yeah. But he decides to stick around on Earth and catch up with her for a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the end of it. Yeah. So, what's your thoughts on that? Do you think Jack would come back or should come back? And if not, do you think he deserves more closure? <laughs> in a little, in an open-ended closure, if you know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. I think probably more of an open-ended closure. I think if he was to come back... Uh, at least one more time and I think just to I think just in a way to to have him you know because I mean he, he was involved in the story you know uh, th- pretty much through beginning middle and end uh, but yeah. as you say his departure in the story is rushed I think it would be nice to have him come back and then to to leave uh, to leave that episode or he might be in a you know he might be in the TARDIS for couple of episodes who knows but whatever they do when it comes to the end of that story have him leave in a satisfying way it doesn't have to to wrap everything up about the character or anything like that but just narratively in terms of that story have him say a proper farewell and not not sort of rush off like it's done here so time will tell it always does um so the final moment we have a big goodbye from ryan in the tardis um Mm -hmm. He explains how he's found what he wants to do with his life. And yep. Graham stands there and ponders this. Um, you have any thoughts on that before we kind of move on in that conversation? I like the idea Finish behind it. the departure, is what I'll say. Um, because it's, I think in terms of, I think the idea of it of the companions' departures, it's one of the most realistic and relatable, because we, you know, it's it's a part of life. You know, you can be in a very close uh, friendship with somebody, and then you know something happens, and then you may not see that person for however many you know months or may even be years, and you c- you know, and and people are different. You know, you can then meet that person again and pick up exactly from where you left off. Great. In other instances, it's a case of. I've changed and the other person may have changed and it's like it's, uh, you know it was great the relationship that we had but things aren't the same and it's time to move on so I like the idea behind the departure I think it's uh, I think it was a good idea and uh, very relatable how yeah. it's handled on the other hand I have a problem with but in in what ways um, it re- well not necessarily these initial scenes in the TARDIS. It's it's what follows afterwards. Um, and it goes back into what I was saying before with, I think one of the, the problems that I have with the Chris Chiblin era is that there are these supposed attempts of character development, but I don't think it's handled particularly well. I think we're supposed to be impressed and uh, with going, oh, it's all gone full circle, and we're seeing Graham and Ryan uh, exactly how they were when we first saw them. Um, but I actually think that's uh, that that's quite. I don't think it's the signs of a particularly good, strong writer. It's it's something I I imagine uh, I would have written as a teenager. Mm-hmm. Uh, thinking it's this very smart idea of you know picking up from from. And the problem is, I mean, particularly with Ryan's character, you know, when, you know, because I've thought about this for, for a while. 
when he's when we first introduced to Ryan in um, the woman who fell to earth. Do you remember how we're first introduced to him? It's on the hillside, is it? No, no, it's not. It should be, but it's not. He's introdu- He actually introduces the episode as if he's doing a YouTube channel. Oh, it's on the. It's on YouTube. It's on YouTube, and uh, he's doing this thing where he's uh, talking about this amazing woman. And obviously, initially, we're supposed to think that he's talking about the Doctor, but then at the end, you know, obviously he wasn't. He was talking about his yeah. uh, uh, Grace, his grandmother. Um, as a mean, and again, it's I, I picked up because I remember thinking at the time it's like, it's such an obvious uh, trick to do. I knew exactly what that was as soon as that episode uh, started. Um, mm-hmm. But as a means of introducing his character, it doesn't work because you know it's it, he's not a you know he's not a, he's not someone we don't see him uploading YouTube videos later on down the line. The next no. time that we see him, it's all about you know him trying to ride a bike and you know he he has a problem with um, I forget, coordination. Coordination, yeah. yeah, he has a problem with coordination, and that's sort of referenced a little bit in the following episode, the Ghost Monument, and then it's just forgotten yeah. about, and then all of a sudden it's picked up here again, and actually more, if anything, it it actually emphasises how little character development there has actually been. Yeah. I always kind of imagined it would come full circle, not back on the hillside, quite literally. Mm. But I thought it might eventually get to a, a similar situation where it'll be something very significant, maybe a life or death situation. And you'll have to overcome something similar. Um, yeah, well, the closest we got to that do- was, uh, was in, in Kablam. Um but it's sort of mentioned, and then he's able to deal with it. It's, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so I had a problem with that, and I just thought I think it was a, a attempt of a writer to to appear clever, but it, it's nothing of the sort. Um, so I, I I just thought it was um, I just thought it was a shame, really. Um, yeah. Because in terms of in terms of the actors. So Bradley Walsh and Tosin Cole, uh, I had a preference more with uh, with Bradley Walsh's uh, character and his performance, but mm-hmm. with both of them, they've done a superb job, and you know they, you know, it was nice for them to see. I just think it's a shame that, um, f- from my perspective, I don't think they were given particularly strong material to work with. Um, on the whole there are exceptions because you know with one or two episodes but generally speaking um i think the 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 writing of of them as characters has been um quite weak um so not only is it not only am i so not only am i criticizing the um the episodes approach in that regard um it's uh, it's the the chris chiblin era as a whole um which is a which is a you know which is a shame and again when i was thinking about it in relation to this episode because i think you summed it up really good rob it's really just you know this episode revolution of the dark it's just a series of events which just feel completely meaningless you don't really it doesn't really resonate in a particular way there are good moments in it mm-hmm. you know but the but the the entire thing just makes you feel that all oh, right okay 
Mm-hmm. It doesn't. It's an unfortunate end for Graham as well. Um, I think he was a bit. He was a bit taken back and stunned by um, by Ryan. Um, he was reluctant. I think he reluctantly. He left, but he on the same. In the same way, he was sure he had to leave because, um, yeah, Ryan was his family and had to. Sit, he couldn't mm-hmm. leave him. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's an unfortunate end for Graham, and we didn't get to see much resolve in Graham's life or or state of mind mm-hmm. by the end, did we? Who knows? They might return for a one-off. Um, yeah, I mean, maybe, I mean, I, I, I doubt it, but I mean, if they were, I, I think it would be quite nice. But um, I would want something. I mean, I, you know, to see to see them come back as actors, that'd be great. But um, mm. but I would I would really want them to have some really strong material to, to work with as well because this is the thing as well uh, because uh, Yasmin uh, played by Mind of Gill uh, you know she's staying on as a companion great because she's she's a, a, a lovely actress she's really good but as we've said with when we've been reviewing previous episodes in terms of the material she has been given it's it's been really really lacking so I hope mm. finally because. Um, the TARDIS team will be stripped back a little bit, not too much. Um, hopefully, she will be given more stuff to do when when the show comes back. Yeah, I think when it finally does go back to um, one Doctor, one companion, <laughs> um, it'll be quite a refreshing change, focusing on the one person. Yeah, and to be honest, I think uh, I, I would like to see that happen. But of course, there was the surprise announcement at the end of the the episode when it was first broadcast um that really surprised me because i watched the broadcast version on iplayer uh, not on iplayer uh, i recorded it and then i was barely paying attention and i thought what came on i thought it was just an advert for something else mm-hmm. and so i was getting i wasn't even watching but i was listening a little bit and then get caught my attention so i had to rewind and rewatch the whole thing mm-hmm. so it was a it was a nice little surprise. Yeah. Yeah. Um, credit scene. Yeah. Uh, uh, do you remember his name? No, I know his name, but now that you mention it, why have I forgotten? Uh, John Bishop. John Bishop. Yes, thank you. Jeez. Yeah, because I was thinking, I know the name, because he's uh, um, he's he's mainly known to be a a, a stand-up comedian, uh, you know, and he's he's quite good. I, I quite like him, and um, uh, it was. It, Surprise casting! I wouldn't have expected him to, to be cast as the next companion, but I but I have no problem with him coming in in the series, and I think he's actually going to be quite good. And that's a thing. Mm. I think um, the, again that the casting of the, the show haven't got a problem with that. Um, the casting's been really good, but uh, the issue that I have because I've never, you know, obviously I have a preference with regards to a particular series of Doctor Who, but I've never really sort of either been indifferent or disliked. A, particular period might be like it's i think there's another you know i think there's another era which is you know better but on the whole i've tended to enjoy the show this is the first time that i largely feel indifferent to to doctor who at the moment and it's it's really for the you know it i think it's down to chris chibnall's approach as a a writer and it's, it's rather unfortunate for him that um he appeared on the bbc program open air as part of the Doctor Who Appreciation Society, and he's actually there kicking the boot in for Trial of the Time Lord. 
Um, now, there are many things to talk about Trial of a Time Lord, but I would much rather watch that story. And I think there's a lot more interesting ideas and what they do with characters and so on in that 14-episode mm -hmm. story than there is really in the whole of the, the current era of Doctor Who. I mean, I don't know whether you agree or maybe you think I'm... I do, yeah. It's an unfortunate thing to say. Yeah. yeah. And I was thinking about this today, actually, because um, obviously I knew we were going to be uh, recording this, and it was just... Cause, you know, so I was starting to you know, form my, my opinion on the episode. And as I said, you know, the, the design of it, the look of it, um, the technical aspects of making it, those involved should be proud of it. Um, and the actors do a good job and there are some nice little moments here and there. But the problem that I have with it largely is the writing. That's, mm. that's the problem with it. And I was thinking about it, you know, and, you know, I mean, because in a previous podcast we've reviewed um, the infamous Fear Her. Uh, yeah. Which is by no means a great Doctor Who story. I mean, we had, we had an awful lot of fun talking about that one and having a laugh at it. But I would much rather watch Fear Her than Revolution of the Daleks, if, if I'm honest. Now, in terms of a ranking, I would give Revolution of the Daleks a higher ranking because it's clearly a little bit better. But in terms of entertainment value, Fear Her is a lot more entertaining. But, mm. you know, j j just as an example. Yeah, strange example, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, it is, a, it, is a, it is a strange example and I get that and there's a reason why Fear Her isn't particularly you know isn't highly regarded amongst fans it's not a great story but for all its faults and they are many it's a lot more entertaining than this um, and that's the thing that the current run of the show makes me feel indifferent to it because I think the ideas are there and they've been getting good writers I just feel like um, attempts of character development do not work. I actually think it's quite, as I said before, this the, the, the way that they, they, Graham and Ryan end uh, their involvement with the show. It's that's not the it's not the signs of a good mature writer. Um, as I said, this is something that you know I could envisage writing as a teenager, thinking, "Oh, isn't this clever? I, I, I'm writing them uh, leaving the show." as the way that they were introduced but in the meantime there's been no character development whatsoever it's i wonder if the departure now was always planned or if it was foreseen or if it was a bit abrupt and it was that had to be written out last minute uh maybe but i mean even if they were i think something better mm. could have been could have been done it's just it's just a bit disappointing but it's but again it's i have a lot of yeah it's just largely I've said it before in previous podcasts when we've been watch when we've been reviewing the Jodie Whittaker um, era, which is I don't understand how it's an era which can instill impassionate opinions in people. I don't understand how. I mean, if you love it, that's fantastic, uh, and I'm really pleased if you enjoy it. Um, but I don't understand how it can elicit such such, such a love and affection. In the same breath, because I know that there are people who absolutely loathe the series to a ridiculous passion. I don't understand how people can hate it, uh, because there's, it just makes me feel indifferent. I just think it's, it's okay. And uh, this will be the last thing I'll say about it, and then I'll let you speak, Rob. So sorry. But it's one right. thing I've got to say that I know fine well 
if it wasn't for this podcast, I wouldn't have watched it. Really? Yeah. Mm. Um, I mean, because to be perfectly honest, I'd, I'd actually forgotten it was on. Uh, it wasn't until sort of uh, afterwards I went, oh yeah, crap, I uh, missed the Doctor Who episode. And obviously, I've got to watch it because we're going to be reviewing the podcast. So then I, then I watched it on iPlayer. Um, and that's a shame because I still, you know, I still obviously love Doctor Who and it's a good series and all the rest of it. But the current run of the show, if I catch it, fine. But I just feel like if it wasn't for the podcast, I wouldn't go out my way to watch it. Um, so it is what it is. But me personally, I'm looking forward to a new showrunner. Hopefully this podcast outlives Chibner's um Chris Chibnall's reign as showrunner. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. And I mean, it's a yeah. shame because I don't, I don't want, you know, I don't want to sound so negative. You know, I want to, you know, because, you know, Doctor Who's been a big part of our lives. I want to sit down. Or when I sit down and watch an episode, I want to enjoy it. I don't want to be disappointed, you know, because one, you're spending time watching something and you want to get something out of it. So I, um, I don't want to sound negative, but, you know, I'm being honest about my, my, my views on it. And, you know, it is what it is. But there's still, you know, there's still plenty of other Doctor Who stuff that we can sit down and enjoy. So it's, you know, it's not the be all and end all, but, mm. you know, it's, it's just a shame. Uh, would you agree with what I've said or do, are you a bit more positive about it? Yeah, I think I do relate to that. I probably would have got around to watching the show um, on catch up regardless. Mm-hmm. Um I wonder if I would have liked it more because I wouldn't have been overanalyzing it as much. That may be one of the factors of me not liking it so much. It's strange. It's a very different tone to, say, Russell T. Davis era, mm-hmm. which at the time I thought I had a lot of issues with. But I would have quite. Yeah. I would quite happily sit and watch those again. Mm-hmm. I mean, no, no run of the show has ever been, you know, wholly perfect, but, um, but yeah, in terms of new who, yeah, because I totally agree that there were elements of the Russell T. Davis, Russell T. Davis era which I liked and others which I didn't, but, uh, yeah, I, th- I think um, that has much more. One, it has much more entertainment value. It has repeat value, and when the show's really good during that era, uh, and there were many occasions when that was the case. Those were stories which really resonated and you connected to and you, you got something out of it and you know it was thematically interesting and, and so on. I mean, this is the frustrating thing as well. It's not as if the show is lacking in ideas and it's got it's getting clearly talented writers, but there's just something about, I think, Chris Chibnall's approach. It's just... Um, it just really lacks a certain... It, it just lacks mm. something. Uh, and I think I think this episode is a, 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 funny enough. I think this episode is a very good example of the problems that I have with Chris Chibnall as a showrunner. Well, hopefully the next series not isn't as much of a letdown. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I mean it shouldn't be. I mean, at the very least, there'll be good, you know, because I, I like, you know, the Ghost Monuments. You know, uh, is a good story. I quite liked Rosa was good. The Witchfinder was good. Uh, it takes you away. So there have been um, good episodes, th- you know, spattered throughout the, the current run, but the overall thing just makes me feel a bit sort of cold and a bit indifferent about it. And Revolution of the Daleks 
I'm indifferent about it. Oh, did we mention the Doctor gave Graham and Ryan the psychic paper? Oh to no, go off I, their adventures. I, I forgot about that. Mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so I think it, actually on that basis, I think it's safe to say that we are going to have uh, Graham and Ryan big finisher audio adventures. Yeah, totally. Going off to was it Korea fighting the um, the gravel monsters and the trolls in Finland? <laughs> I think they said. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So yes, Ryan cracks on with his bike ride. You know, after he falls off, it's him that says he's going to go back on. So he kind of, kind of knows his strength now. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they look forward and they see Grace, for a very very brief appearance. So love it or hate it, there it is, <laughs> the end. <laughs> so I think we've already summarised how we feel about the story. Mm-hmm. Um. Should we give it a quick score? Or we'll we'll actually we'll get on a, a one or two listeners' responses. Ah, oh, okay, yeah, um, I'm, I'm looking forward back. to hearing what other people thought about it. John Lane said it was all right. It worked as a sequel, but there was so much more it could have been. For all the emotional impact in Jack and the Doctor reuniting, it may as well just have been done with a key in the post. Not to mention the odd dodo-ish way he left at the end. There was no real explanation for the effect the fam's time apart really had on them. Aside from a huffy shove from Yaz, I would rather have had a great escape-style montage of escape attempts from the Doctor than her saying hello to the cameras every day. To cap it off, after really looking forward to the idea of a dynamic of just the Doctor and Yaz, a completely female-led sci-fi show, we get a post-credit cameo of essentially a younger, fitter Graham. <laughs> yeah. Making the next season disappointing before it even starts. Coward move. But all that aside, it fed a Doctor Who hole surely in need of filling, and there was enough in there to satisfy on that level, providing that you don't think about it too much. I find it hard to really dislike any Doctor Who, but I'll be glad when Chibnall's tenure is over. Oh, largely a consensus there, I think. Um, actually, I hadn't considered that point. Uh, I think, well, actually, uh, we had considered it in the sense that I think it would have been quite nice just to have Yasmin and the Doctor and just have a simpler um, approach to just having, you know, um, two people in the TARDIS. But that was a really interesting point because then that would have meant that we would have had two female leads for the first time in the show. Um and yeah, getting getting uh, John Bishop in. Uh, as yeah. I say, I haven't got a problem with his casting. I think he might be good. But yeah, um, he'll have to yeah. be completely different to Graham in order to warrant his his being there. Yeah, yeah, he will be totally different. Mm-hmm. Plus, he's he's like the outsider now as well. Mm. So I wonder, I wonder if he'll be, he'll be um, treated as equally as everyone else was. Mike Clark on Twitter said. I know they had to make room for Ryan and Graham's leaving, which was done well, but it made it feel underdeveloped. Would have liked to have seen more of the prison and and the fam without the Doctor. Liked it, more so on the second viewing. It was a good episode, just not the greatest. Mm-hmm. Again, sort of yeah. raises some more of the same points. Very online yeah. with what we were feeling, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm very torn about the score. Can't rate it too highly and 
yet again, I can't rate it too poorly because you know it's great performances from a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Visually, it's very good. The music, good music's good. It's a good production. Yeah, yeah. And of course, it brought back Jack. Um, back Jack. <laughs> it brought Jack back in quite a large capacity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm going for a seven out of ten. Wow, I think that's great. Is that generous. I mean, I think it is for obviously. Good. I give it a five. A five. Wow. Okay. I was I was going for a six. Mm-hmm. I would have went for a five. Yeah. Just you know, bang down the middle. It's average. Harsh. It's there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you are. I think you're being a bit too generous, and you're thinking of being a bit too harsh. But you know. Yeah. But the main thing is well, we're being honest. Well, I think that rounds up our discussion for this story. Visit cloisterbellpodcast.com for more podcasts, more links to our socials, more word searches, yep. more stuff in general, hopefully, more live videos further down the line. Um, we're on social media, facebook.com slash cloisterbell, on Twitter at podcastbell, Instagram cloister underscore bell, we're on YouTube, we're on Discord. Um, you can occasionally listen to us live, please do, and come and join in the chat. Um, you can review us on Podchaser, Apple Podcasts. We'd just love to know what people think. You can get in touch. Anything else, Liam, before we go? Uh, no, that's everything. Just um, hope you're all well. Stay sane. Stay happy. Uh, <laughs> stay in touch. And uh, continue listening. Bye for now. Bye, everyone. The cloister bell? Yes. What's that? Well, it's a sort of communications device reserved for wild catastrophes and sudden calls to man the battle stations. That's the cloister bell. Don't worry about that for now. It's not really terribly significant. The cloister bell? Oh, no.